Good evening. Uh, we're continuing the series of Mesilat uh, Yisharim, of Path to the Just. In the last uh, shiur, last week, uh, we started chapter one after we finished the introduction. And uh, we are speaking now the obligation of the human being in his life, in his personal life. Uh, and the uh, last thing we said last week was uh, the words of King David in Tehillim in Psalms uh, 73, verse 28, All I'm really hoping for is that I'll be able to be as close as possible to Hashem. And then uh, right after that he says in the same, uh, in, in the same book, Tehillim, Psalms 27, it says, One request I have from God. And this is all I'm asking for, to sit in the house of God all my life. Because this is the only good. And nothing besides that is really good. Every other thing that may look good or feel good sometimes, it's all complete illusion. Uh, so we'll continue from there. Uh, when a person arrives to this good, uh, he has to know that this good that King David is speaking about It's something that you have to work very hard to get it. You don't just get it. You don't go to the store, pay a lot of money, and just buy it in one shot, and it's over, like a shortcut. There's no shortcuts. It's a very, very hard and massive hard work uh, until a person is getting to this level, that he feels that he's so close to God that nothing else in his life makes him happy. That's it. He's happy all the time from this alone. And this is real happiness. Every other happiness is temporary. It's, a, it, it's an illusion. It's a fake. It's an imitation. It's not really the real thing. Once the person tastes from the real light, from the real thing, then obviously everything else looks like mud compared to this diamond that he just got. And it says like this. And God put the human being in a place when he has many obstacles who make him far away from God. Many things, has to go to work, people at work, many wicked people around him, you know, uh, has to put most of his time to make a living, and uh, so many things that in a person's life that actually while he's busy with them, it's very difficult at the same time to focus on his mission, main mission in life. Making food, buying food, making it, eating it, getting rid of it, all this process, all these things, have to sleep, all these things is basically making the person busy with things that are against the opposite of his purpose. But mainly, mainly the physical desires that when a person starts to get used to it and try to, and start to get attracted to it, eventually it's a very short way from starting to enjoy it until you become addicted to it and you cannot live without it. So once a person is coming closer and closer and closer to physical and materialistic desire, at the same time, the closer he gets to these physical desires, the further away he goes from God. It's one of these things that one comes on the expense of the other. There's no way to uh, elevate yourself on both fields or to go down on both fields. When you go out on one side, the other side goes down. When you go down on this side, the other side comes up. So it's one on the expense of the other. How do you break out of it? 
How are you? How do you break out of materialism? You're used to materialistic. How do you so, no, so this is every all these questions we will answer in this series. I mean, when someone will watch this series from A to Z very carefully, he will have probably all the answers he need for his entire life, for him or his children, in every field, in everything in his life, because this is the main thing here to explain and to clarify how to handle this test, these desires, how to overcome all these obstacles. This is why the Ramchal, to begin with, wrote the book. If you remember the first lecture in the introduction, he said that technically I'm not coming to renew the world here or to teach something that people are not uh, aware of. Everyone knows that, everyone is aware of it. And we're talking about people who learn Torah in Yeshivot. They all know it, they're all aware of it, but since they are so busy deeply with everyday life, the evil inclination is busy making them all the time forget the main purpose in life. They focus and put all their energy in things that are not important. And when it comes to the real important thing, they have no energy left. No energy left. Uh, so he says like this. So God put, him, put the person here on purpose, surrounded with all these physical obstacles, physical desires, and a person is in a massive war. He didn't come to this world for a picnic or for vacation, like some people think. From the minute he became uh, logical, when his brain started to catch what's going on here, after the days of childhood, he plays, he did all kinds of things, fine, he was a child. Child up to six years old is like, his status in the law is like a monkey. If he did something, it's, it's considered like a monkey did it. What do you do? You put him in jail? No. What do you do? You punish the monkey? Yeah, maybe you take two peanuts from him. Same thing you do to a child. There's no jails for child up to six years old. But once they already know who is the master of the world, who, are the, who is the boss, what, is the, what are we doing here, what is the mean religion, what is the Torah, and the many things they begin to understand, the war begins for them. Once the person gets to Bar Mitzvah, to 13, or if it's a woman, to 12, the real massive war is full force now. That's it. No more jokes. And it's a serious war. And if a person doesn't understand he's in a war, then definitely he cannot win the war. If you live in illusion, if you think that all these obstacles, instead of your enemies, they are your friends, <laughs> they're destroying you. If your enemies sit in your living room, while he's planning to destroy you, and you think, oh, my best friend is here, he cares for me, he loves me. <laughs> it's, what else do you expect, right? Then for sure you have no chance to overcome. And it says like this, so many tests the person has, uh, and so many things between uh, bad and good. And uh, from one side, then a person has a... Uh, Many people are seeking wealth, so they do everything they can to be rich. And then some people are very poor. So we have rich people, we have poor. What's better to be? What's harder, what is a harder test? To be a wealthy person or to be a very poor person? What is the harder test? The harder test is, uh, well, first of all, the ideal. The best is to be an average. Not very rich, not very poor. Something in the middle, you know, even barely paying the bills, but ended up paying everything and don't own anyone money. That's already uh, the best situation for the human being. Why? This is what King Solomon wrote in Mishlei Lamed, Mishlei chapter 30. 
penis bavik hikashti, if I'll be too full, what will happen? I will start being a faker, a liar. I would start making excuses. Why? I'm full. My bank account is full. I have everything I need. What would I say? Ve'amarti mi Hashem. Who is God? You're giving God too much credit. Well, it's me. It's my wealth. It's, I mean, it's my cleverness. It's my uh, brilliance. My wisdom. That's why I made all this money. I mean, I went to the best college in the country. What do you expect? You know, now everyone opening the door for me. This, they're fighting, all the firms are fighting, who's going to get me? Uh, you know, I mean, this is all me. This is what a person may think. On the other hand, if I become completely broke, no penny in his pocket, no, he can't afford even mandatory things, you know, then he's going to become a thief. Big test. Got to get a piece of bread. What do you do? You know, it's embarrassed to go and collect. So you still... And you think, this, the, the way the evil inclination will describe it in your head is, ah, it's not a crime. Believe me, if the person would know your situation, he would give you the bread for free. No, that's okay. You want to avoid embarrassment? Steal it. That's what the, peop the poor people think. I have the right to steal. If I won't steal, I'll die, no? No, there's other ways. You get the embarrassment. That's what God wants from you. Excuse me, sir, I'm a very angry person. Would you give me a piece of bread without charging me? 99% of the people say yes. You say, no, you go to the next store. But it requires a, a major embarrassment. You're embarrassed. Ah, you're embarrassed? You have an ego, my friend. Work on your ego. That's it. That's all God wants from you. Be humbled. Be down to earth. Down to earth people are not worried about embarrassments and things like this. And... Peaceful life from one side, suffering from the other side. The evil inclination attack from all directions, from, from before, from after, from all directions. Ha, who will become the perfect human being? Someone who will get the merit to stick to his creator and will come out of this hallway and enter the life of eternity, to the light, to the light of, of life just according to how much he was able to, to overcome his desires, his evil inclination, to run far away from all the negative, to overcome all the obstacles. And once he, he achieved it, he's going to have the greatest happiness a person can imagine. And if you look carefully, if you pay a lot of attention, you will find that the world was created for the use of the human being, for his needs. But it's very easy to make that mistake since the world was created for me. I might as well go and squeeze it and take as much as I can from it. And the more you do it, the more you get spoiled and you're spoiling the world. Some people think, okay, that's my problem. Leave me alone, Rabbi. You worry about your own problem. Let me worry about my problem. I like this life. I want to fresh one steak after the other. I want to go from one sushi restaurant to the other. I want to be fat like elephant. I want to drive the nicest car. I want to wear clothes like kings. I want to make a show off. I want everyone to give me attention. I want to live this life. What do you, what do you care? What is it your problem? 
I'm worrying, about, I'm worrying about my own problem. This is my problem. What do you care? I'll pay the price, like you say. That's what some people say, no? The answer is no, my friend. You're not only destroying yourself, you're also affecting the entire world. Everything that a Jew does in this world, not only affecting him, affecting the entire world, and that's what people don't get. You making scenes, you live like a pig, other Jews pay the price as well, not as much as you, but they also get affected, because we all one unit. It's just like there's a boat with a thousand rooms, crews, and one decided to make a hole in the floor in his room. And they bang on the door, open the door, you fool, what are you doing? He said, stay out of my business. You live your world, I live my world. You live your life, I live in my life. Leave me alone, you don't tell me what to do. I want to do it that way. I want some water to come inside from the floor. You know, this is what I want. So what is the point here? You fool, the water is not only for you, you destroy all of us. We go down with you. We all want, we all connected. This is what people don't get. If a person control himself and stick to his creator and use the world only in the most minimal way, remember this sentence, use only what you must use, what you really need, not what you want. Always make, a, always distinct between what you want and what you need. Not like the kids. The kids, everything they see, they say, I need it, I need it. They don't, they don't really need it. They want it. So don't be a fool. Just use what you must have, not what you want because it's delicious or pretty or it's a show-off. This is the point here. So a person, if he use the world to help him to come closer to his creator, then he elevate himself spiritually and he elevate the entire world. And everyone benefits around him. Everyone, his family, his children, obviously his wife, his parents his neighbors, his colleagues, at work, everywhere you go, people enjoy. It also affects other people. By the way you behave, you either destroy other people or you elevate them, depends how you behave. You, you behave bad. Almost all people who use drugs learn it from one of their friends who offer them. All of a sudden they decided to be generous. You know, and it's quite expensive. Why are they so generous to offer one to another? Try, try. Why? It costs money, no? Why? Let me, let, me, let me drag someone with me to hell. I don't want to go there alone. They know in their mind, in their conscious, in their mind, that they're not doing the right thing. But if somebody else will do it with them, they feel a little bit relaxed. Oh, it's relaxed the conscious. You know, what did you say it's called? Misery Love Company. Misery Love Company. <laughs> Misery Love Company. Misery. I hope it's not another miserable person who's looking for a company. <laughs> All right, so now let's go on. Let's move on. So it says like this. When a person, when a person uses only what he needs to use, obviously everyone around him benefits. Then our sages are teaching us that when God created the world, up to the fourth day of the creation, there was a special spiritual light. There's no sun yet. Sun was hung with the moon and all the stars on the fourth day of the creation. But from the minute that the creation started until the fourth day, right, how, how, how there was light in the world? The answer is that it was a special light. It's called Or Aganuz, the hidden light. Why it's hidden? 
God took it away and saved it for the righteous people for the future to come. And this is what the Gemara says in Masechet Chagiga, the chapter of Chagiga, page 12. The Gemara says like this, when Hashem saw that this light uh, is a... that is a, the, 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 When he saw that this special light that he created is, for, is putting it away for all the righteous people, that he will bring them full happiness, which means this light is when a person sees it automatically, it's affecting him in such a way that he has real happiness. This is something like, like for instance, if a person listens to music, happy music, could be very upset and depressed, but as soon as he begins to, to hear this music, it cheers his entire spirit. You see, it has an, an immediate effect on your spirituality, on your mood, without doing anything. Nobody gave you money, nobody did anything to you. You just listen to some music and right away, you're a new person. This is, the, this is the secret how King Saul was calling David before he was a king, right? David to come play for him music when he was down, when his spirit was down. So Hashem put that light away for the righteous people. And also, also like this, when Hashem created Adam, he, to, he took him away to all, the gar, to all the trees in the garden, Garden of Eden. And he told him, look how great is my creation. Everything I did, I did for you. Make sure, pay attention, that you would not destroy and ruin my world. This is the rule. The person is not created for a situation in this world. This is only a temporary state. It's one station. It's not the entire journey. Eventually you move to the next station. He is created for his situation in the next world. But he cannot get to the next world without his situation in this world. What the condition that he's going to go through here. And once he fulfills his mission here, his, his purpose, then is able to receive his place in the life of eternity, full of spiritual light and pleasure. And Chazal are saying this world is a hallway in preparation for the other place. If you cook here well, you will have what to eat over there. These are all expressions. This is all parables. The Gemara say, today to do, tomorrow to get rewarded. Someone who prepared in Friday his food for Shabbat, will have what to eat on Shabbat. Obviously, they're not coming to teach you something that every fool or every little baby knows, right? If you cook on Friday, you have what to eat tomorrow. And the, the expression is, if you prepared everything in the sixth day of the creation, up to Friday, Friday is the sixth day, then you, you have what to eat on Shabbat, on the, on the, on the seventh day. Uh, and uh, also, now the Chazal continues and says like this, it says, one of the things that a person has to do is has to be always peaceful and happy. He has to put in his mind, no matter what happened around me and to me, I must focus on this important thing, that I have to remain always calm, and I always, always have to be happy. Now, you know it's not easy. You know there's certain things that rock the person from one side to another, and uh, the more busy he is with so many things, then the chance that he has all kinds of things who upsets him is even higher and higher. But the goal is that a person has to be here as calm as possible and happy as possible. 
if a person is happy, the spirit of God is in among him much, much better than, than if he's upset or sad or angry. Once he's upset, sad, angry, depressed, etc., if he had the spirit of the influence of God on him, it, it goes away. He loses it. That's why the, the, the loss is tremendous. That's why a person really has no permission to be ever upset. Never to look sad, depressed, etc. Always to be in the happiest mood. And this is a part of the test in life. If do it Hashem besimcha, serve God with happiness. Come in front of him with singing and dancing. This is the way you have to serve your, your purpose in life. And, uh, and Ramchal continue, it says like this, we live in this world 70 years, in average. If we're lucky, 70 years. And all these years are full of struggling, upsets, problems, all kinds of sorrow, sicknesses, pain, disturbed, so many things. You cannot find one person that doesn't have it every day or perhaps every hour of his life. And then in the end, it ended up with a bitter death. Every death is bitter, even if a person sleeps and doesn't get up. I'm sure he was in the middle of something he did not complete. When he realized that his soul came out and he sees his body down, and it's flying in space now. What do you think the first thing goes to his mind? Wow, give me another five minutes to say goodbye to my wife, to the children, to tell her about my bank account in Switzerland, to tell my boss, you know, something. Wow, wow, I'm not ready. He could be 90 years old, but he's not ready to die. There's always incomplete things. I always say to the people, you run, run, run after money, you kill yourself. The more money you leave here, the more upset you'll be at the time of death. Why? Because you're going to eat your heart for not taking advantage on this money. It's like losing the money, exactly. Like forgetting it on a bus or something, or on a, on a cab. Where is it? Why didn't I use it before I lost it? This is how the person will think. Well, the person that owes money, he tried everything he can. It's also not good. You know your own money, you know now it's time to pay for it. The best is to be, that's it, I have, I paid everything, I don't have anything, that's the, that's the ideal. And then you don't even find one out of a thousand that he has peaceful mind without any worry and everything is perfect in his life. You don't find, even if he's 100 years old and he's already out of this world, right? then you can see that nobody really enjoy here. Even those who run from one vacation to the other, believe me, there's lots of struggling. It does, it's never work out perfect. There's always something, they forgot something, they have to call home, send it with FedEx, this, we miss the plane, we have to wait for the next plane, we have to stay in the airport, we have to get an hotel, this, that, the hotel didn't make the right reservation. You just, every, no matter what you're gonna do, God would always ruin it for you here because he cannot stand people who think that they came to enjoy this physical, temporary world. That's what, you, that's what on your mind, how to grab as much as you can. i always going to do something to take away this pleasure away from you. You order fancy furniture, somehow the mover always managed to make a scratch and ruin everything. Or a piece broke, or the leg of the table moved or broke, or the glass okay, cracked. There's always something. There's always something. You know, so what's going to be here? It says like this. 
it says if the if this was the war, this was the purpose of life to come enjoy the table or your vacation or the car or whatever people think they came for there was no it was not necessary to send a divine soul that is even greater than the angels to be in his body. He could have been a chimpanzee that doesn't have a divine soul and would enjoy all these things without a divine soul. Think about it. Listen to what I'm saying here. If the purpose was to eat, to have relation, to enjoy as much as you can from food and physical pleasure, you would never need it. You definitely didn't need to become somebody that has inside of him a divine soul. It could be any dog, any bird, anything. You have a perfect life. For the pleasure, you can be a complete animal. You don't need to, be, to have a divine soul. So obviously, you can see that since God put a divine soul inside of you with intelligence, with the spirits and all that, and it's greater than the angels, that this is very important, that you are much more important than just to enjoy the physical temporary pleasure. And this is what Chachamim taught us. This is what it says, King Solomon in Kohelet. What does it say? Gama nefesh lotimale. The person will never be full of all these desires. He has 100 right away, he wants 200, 200, 400, they will never end. And there's no age that a person come and say, no, I'm full of it. I'm tired of making money. No, no, don't give me any more my money. Don't, bring, don't send me my residual checks. Enough. You can give it, find somebody to give it to. I'm tired. I'm tired of getting money. I'm tired of getting checks. Please don't send. You ever saw, <laughs> saw anyone? Even Bill Gates continue to collect. It's not a trust fund, though. It's a way around it. It's not a trust. It's, it's all, you don't have to see the money. It goes into an account. I, hear, I heard... That Warren Buffett, the billionaire, has a son, he's 50-something years old, and he's a farmer. What does his son do? Grow corn. He has 15,000 acres of cornfields, and he goes with a shovel. Of course, he has the best equipment. But he goes, he takes, check the roots, check the corns. He goes, and then, so, you know, so he works, mamash, working hard, like a hard-working guy. But at the same time, he established a fund, probably with his father of billion. He's going to inherit all the billions. And he already said, I'm not like my father, indoor guy. I've got to be on the field. What's going to happen to this empire after all? He's eight years old. You know, so I don't really know what's going to happen. It's very, very tricky now, this whole thing. But one thing he does, he goes to South America, Mexico, all these places, Guatemala, El Salvador. And he teach the Spanish poor farmer that none of them even know how to work on a calculator or to write their names. He established over their places to teach them f to be farmers in the highest level, how to double and triple how much, how much vegetables will come in their fields and to do their own calculation. And he forced them to buy their own seeds to make them normal civilized people, because these people from the day they're born, they already right away threw them in the sun, and they walk there, and they don't understand anything. They don't learn, they don't read, they don't do anything. They don't have any spiritual life. They right away become slaves from the minute they're born. So it, 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 it's not only the money that now they make double and triple, he changed their entire life. He makes them now all of a sudden, without realizing, 
they're beginning to learn things that every little kid knows here, but by them it's a great thing. You know what it is? It's very interesting. Besides, you know, I always say that uh, so, sometimes Hashem brings you this goyim, this billionaire goyim that gives their money away to teach us, to us, for us to be shame on, shame, shame on ourselves. But at the same time, I heard this few billionaire Jews who give hundreds of millions of dollars away, and Baruch Hashem, there's plenty. The, the only question we have to ask, where are they giving the money to? That's the problem. Bill Gates can give anywhere he wants. He's not, he doesn't understand Torah or this or saving souls. But a Jew has the minimum requirements to think about your brothers and sisters that are far away from God, and you can get your money to get hundreds of thousands of them to come back and to become righteous, and you did not do it, there's a tremendous loss there. Okay, so we, we continue. It says like this. It says like this. Now, this is something very interesting. It says like this. It's if a person has, if a king has a daughter, and now he's looking for a husband for his daughter, and anyone come and brought her a, a gift, one got her a beautiful car, one got her a mean coat, one got her an expensive watch, one got her a ruby, you know, one got her 5,000 flowers. No matter what they got her, do you think anyone would impress her with these things? This is the same thing, the soul. You're trying to give the soul something that the soul doesn't get impressed by. Soul doesn't need all these things that we have, houses, cars, this. The soul doesn't need it. So it's never going to work. So it says, because this is a divine soul. What are you trying to feed the soul with something that it's not their food? You know, so it says like this. Al nolad. Chazal says in Gemara, in Pirkei Avot, you are born, you are forced to be born, to be created. Nobody asks you. So you're created without uh, consulting with you. You are here already. Nobody asks you. You are born, you come to the world, nobody asks you. Right? And uh, you live, you live here, nobody asks you. You are forced to live, and you are forced to die. Basically, everything in your life, you are forced. There's only one thing you are not forced. How much to earn or to lose, it's in your hands, spiritually. Physically, no. Many times you do stupid things, and Hashem turns the world around, and you make, you make millions. Sometimes you do the right thing, and unexpected things happen, and the whole business crashed. Last minute, something happened, you didn't know. A war started. Who, who could predict it? All the investment, all the preparation for the season, a war started, nobody bought anything, you know? Or the government decided to make a new tax and, and destroyed your, your business, or who knows what. It could be many things. You did everything correct, not one mistake. Or, you know, like my friend once told me that in 1989, 1990, I think, before the crash of the market, there were a few good years that all the fools were making fortune. And the only ones who are not making are the experts in the stock market. Because they know what's happening is all balloon. Any day we can open the computer one morning and see everything crash by a thousand points. So everyone was afraid of that day. So they were very careful because they knew what's happening is not logical. But the stupid people, they were buying like crazy because yesterday I made 20%. So I take all his money like in a poker table. Boom, every shot I make. 
Eh? The more he makes, the more confidence he gets. Then he starts with $10. Now after a year, he's a million dollar a day. Wow, I'm a real big shot. But the smart people, those stupid people in the market, but they had clever head for life, they took the millions they made and invested in other things. But other people were greedy. They said, oh, there's no other business who can bring me what the market bring me. So they kept everything in. They were afraid to take for their own because he's thinking, well, I'm going to waste now $1,000 on a suit. Why? Tomorrow it's going to be 1200 why would I buy a suit? I'll, I'll manage with the suit I have for my bar mitzvah, you know? <laughs> Why would I? And then come the crash, and not only they didn't make in the end, they also had to pay margin, this, that, and some of them killed themselves. You understand what happened? I know a guy like this. He once came to me for Shabbat, poor guy. He went to Israel. When he was in Israel, when he heard in Israel that the market crashed, in Israel, by the time he heard until he got his agent on the phone, he lost $6 million and got wiped out in one day. From being, going to Israel, being a very wealthy man, own a beautiful house in Flatbush, having $6 million invested, you think you're a very wealthy man. This many years ago, $6 million then was like 2030 today. Think about it. By the time he got him on the phone, he was already down $6 million, almost nothing left. You understand? Local butcher's son was on stock market. Who? Local butcher. His name was Eaton uh, uh, over here. Yeah. And the same thing happened. So that he was on, on margin, lost everything. That's it. That's it. That's what's happening. But like I'm saying, so you know what it is? When How to make, how to lose, it's really not in your hand. It's, it seems that it's in your hand. But in the, 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 over, the decision, the final decision is God can overrule any decision you make. This is what we say, Rabot machashavot belev ish v'atzat Hashem itakum. A person is full of thoughts and ideas, but in the end it's God's decision one way or the other. He decides what to do, you make, you lose, that's it. Okay, so nobody asks you what, you're forced to live, you're forced to die, you're forced to be born, everything you are forced to. And the soul does not want to come to this world before it was put in a body. What for? It's a punishment for the soul to be here. Soul wants to be in a spiritual world, right? But since it's temporary, the soul has no option. It has to come. And a person come here, and you have to take advantage and earn your reward in any time, in any place. And uh, the Ramchal continue, the Ramchal say like this. A person has to calculate his life just like the gold traders and the, and the jewel, the jewel and the, 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 the expensive, uh, the pearls, the pearls, you know, that they find in the bottom of the ocean, these expensive pearls, and there's so much involved with this until it becomes uh, earrings or something or a necklace. But how they careful with that, that it won't break or scratch or the diamond, God forbid, won't fall or, or low or, or when, they, when, they, when they weigh it, they take the best scale in the world, they check five times to make sure, right? This is how you have to calculate your life, because it's much more, much more precious than these things. And it says like this. Uh, 
the job in this life is to break all the separations that we have between us and God. We have screens, screens. One, you, you knock down one screen, another one, and another one. Now, the, the more screens you knock down, you get closer and closer. Every step forward, you feel the presence of God and your soul and your entire life become much better. What is it like? Like a big magnet, try to imagine. There's a small magnet, which is you, and there's a big magnet, which is God, in this parable. So the big magnet attracting every other little magnet to him, right? But what happens if there's a thousand pages of, of the notebook, you take a thousand pages, put them together, and then you put the small magnet and the big magnet. The small magnet, is a, it's, it's pulling it a little bit, but it doesn't touch because there's so much in between. So the small magnet, is, he, he has a stack of papers that separating between him, but he's really anxious to get glued into the big magnet. Now what happened if you took one page out? It's a little bit better. You took 10 out, it's a little bit better. The more you take, the, more, the stronger the connection becomes. This is exactly how it is between the soul and God, which is one, one piece. It's like, like, like over here, you have two pieces of magnet, which like, it's like one big. You cut a little piece out of it, the piece is attracted back to the source. Same thing, the soul and the creator. So all these separations are the scenes, the scenes of a person that makes the light go away. And then, this is what they say, even a shorevet, the sucking stone, which is what we call today in English magnet. And uh, it says like this, we have to investigate all the details in the right levels, in each level and level from the beginning to the end. As we started, Zeirut, being careful, Zrizut, being fast, not lazy, Nekiut, clean, clean hands, clean heart, clean life, Prishut, getting rid of all the negative, Tahara, purify ourselves, Hasidut, above righteousness, top level of righteousness, Anava, humility, humble, being humbled, Yirat Chet, fear from the sin, Kedusha, holiness. One thing leads to another. Chapter 2 in the Mesilat Yisharim, which we're about to start now, it's speaking about Midat HaZeirut. Being careful. A person has to be careful. Have to be on alert, what's happening every second. But what kind of, what kind of, uh, what do you say, carefulness? Yeah. What kind of care? What kind of care a person has to pay attention to? Yes, what is it? It says, huh? Diligence. Diligence? Yeah, what kind of diligence a person has to have? And it says like this. Uh, First thing, to make sure he doesn't walk blindly. Check. Are you blind? Your eyes are open or your eyes are closed? People live in a total darkness seven years and they're not aware of it. They're not aware of it. So using the brain to calculate what pays to do, what not pays to do. Then 
being careful from all the traps around us that can make us destroy our eternity in a second. There's all kinds of bombs. It's like a minefield. Some, some mines under the ground are not so big. They can make damage, wound the leg, wound the hand, wounds, make some holes in the body. But it's not total death. A week later, you're back to normal, right? Or you lost your hand or you lost your leg, but you're still alive. But some minds are boom, and it's over. There's nothing left. So the same thing in a spiritual life. One little sin, fine, you overcome it. You make some corrections, fine. Some sins, is, that's it. It's a total dead. Depends what you do, right? So a person should, 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 be, should even learn from the animals, the worst animals, the most stupid animals calculate where to go, where not to go, what to do, what not to do, right? They're very careful with what's going on around them, right? They will far away from everything that looks dangerous to them. You saw the deer or the, the zebra, as soon as they hear noise, they know that the tiger or the lion is hiding somewhere, how they all begin to run. <laughs> but the person, when it comes to the Satan waiting for him to destroy him, not bothering him so much. Ah, the opposite, he's offering, he offering a glass of whiskey. Come, drink with me. Yeah. Someone who walks in his life without paying attention carefully to everything in front of him, on his way, it's like a blind person who walks on a thin line. Any second he make a bad move and fall from the building. Right? But a blind person has no choice but to stay blind. But what about a person that has eyes, but he cannot, he, he basically choose not to see? What's the, what's worse? Someone who was born blind, has nothing he can see whether he wants or not, or someone who has eyes, but choose to see the wrong things or to ignore the right things. So that's blindness by the free will. You chose it. You are not forced to be blind. This is what the prophet Jeremiah was complaining about the evilness of the people of his, of his generation. What is it, like 2,500 years ago? That they did not pay attention to all their evil things. And this is what he has to say about them. Jeremiah 8, verse 6. No one is regretting what they do. No one is regretting what they're doing. So it says like this. Sometimes, you know, the dog, he vomits, and then two minutes later he comes back and eats what he vomits. This is how a person who makes a scene, it's very low, it looks, smells bad, the scene, disgusting. Two minutes later he comes back to the same scene. And tomorrow and the next day, it could be 20 years every day. You know, the Chafetz Chaim, when he saw the first time in his generation, how many people were Mechalelei Shabbat? Not that many. Most people kept Shabbat. But when he saw the first time in his life a Jew is not keeping Shabbat, he fainted immediately. When he saw a Jew is doing something, wow, it's not allowed on Shabbat, he fainted. Then after a while, he saw another person is Mechalel Shabbat, and he started to cry. He did not faint second time, but he was crying a lot, non-stop. 
So after uh, those hours that he relaxed, Rabbi, why are you crying so much? He said, I saw that Mechalel Shabbat over there, so I'm crying. He said, yeah, Rabbi, if every time you see Mechalel Shabbat, you cry like this, what are you crying for? Everyone does what he does, and everyone paid the price in the end. So he said, I don't know, I'm not crying for him like I'm crying about myself. So said, wow, what do you mean? So the first time I saw Mechalel Shabbat, I couldn't take it. So my system in my body shuts off. I fainted right away. I couldn't take the, the pain. So I fainted. Now I did not faint. That's why I'm crying. Look what a tremendous drop in my level. From the first time I saw, now I'm getting used to it already. Which means another 10, 20 that I'm going to see, I'm going to offer them some beer and we'll sit together and drink. You understand what's happening? This is exactly what's happening today in Israel. When you tell someone that Michalel Shabbat is worse than a murderer, according to the Torah, they think you are from a different planet. You're crazy, you're fanatic, you're lunatic, you're extreme. They make it look very bad. In reality, they already got used to it so much, so they, they don't really, and it's hard to blame them. I mean, they grew up with this sin. It's hard for them to understand. So it says like this. Uh, a person, uh, the, the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, no one is regretting what they do. What's going on here? No one. No one. They fall into the trap one after the other with the cleverness of the evil inclination and the Satan is sleazy and tricky and he makes each person fall into the same traps one after the other and no one, no one gets the point. No one learned his message, his, his lesson, you know. And it says like this: the Ramchal say, if the people would only pay a little bit more attention, for sure, they would begin to regret what they did. For sure, why they're not regretting? They're not just not paying attention for what they just did. They're not paying attention. I just came back from Canada. I seen over the weekend. You know, in, a, in between one lecture to the other, so you have lunch, you have dinner, breakfast. So sitting in a table, I sit with all the participants of the seminar. So there's a few secular people sitting with me at a table. And as I started to say certain things, I saw some of the girls there, how they react, like how they surprise, how, how come we never thought of it? Like, it's so obvious. All it needed that somebody will mention it for them to begin to see what they do wrong. It's so wrong. You know, like the way they dress or things. So right away after that, all of a sudden, within hours of the seminar, they went, they changed the clothes, they closed the zipper. They, they, much like, and they already see, now, now we begin to think about what we do. All it needed that somebody will mention it to them. Right away, they felt uncomfortable. You understand? Which means up to now, if she would live another 50 years and nobody would talk about this subject, they would never pay attention once in their life that every second of their life it's a horrible thing. They'll never pay attention. That's why I say it's not always evilness. It's not always wanting to be wicked. It's just that I grew up like this and we grew up with the, with the, with the kind of life that we are animals. Nobody tells us what to do. We do whatever we want. We eat whatever we want. We dress. We don't dress. It's a way of life, and everything is fine. And that's where the problem begins. So it says like this. The Ramchal continue. It says like this. Uh, the prophet, Haggai, 
chapter 1, verse 5 to 7, this is what he says. Simu levavchem al darkechem. Direct your heart to pay attention to your ways. As King Solomon say in Mishlei 6, don't fall asleep. Get saved like a deer. What does it mean, get saved like a deer? Who knows what does it mean, get saved like a deer? Ah, we saw how the lion ran after the deer and they ran right, left. Okay, now when the deer walks or when the deer runs, he, he looks back all the time. Run, 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 stop, looks back, check the situation. Not falling asleep, always on alert. You see, as soon as you hear a little beep in the bushes, his ear goes right up. You see, the ear goes up right away and you see how he is like he has a radar. That's what King Solomon say. This is how a person has to be with all around him, what's around him, what people say, how they dress, how they talk. You know, where should I go? Where should I not go? Where should I sit? Who would I sit? So many things that a person has to pay attention to. Uh, because the evil inclination is very arrogant. And he's attacking with no mercy. And without God's help, there's no chance for a person to get safe from him. No chance. Much, much, much cleverer and, and stronger from us. As, as King David wrote in Psalms 37, The wicked is waiting for the righteous with a trap to catch him and to kill him. He's talking about the Satan and the person. But God would not leave the person, would help him out if he's sick for that help. Person should supervise himself, and then God will help him to get safe from the evil inclination. But when God sees that a person doesn't care anything about what's going to happen with him, make a scene, doesn't make a scene, gain, lose, doesn't care about anything, then he removes his supervision from this person, and let, he doesn't have any help. That's why you wonder how this person makes so many scenes. Well, he has such a, such a weak resistance. So easy, it's easy to fool him in a trap every minute? Yes, because he doesn't care. So he doesn't have assistance. God likes to help someone who wants to help himself. That's the whole idea here. You don't show you care? Same thing about wisdom. Ya'iv chokhma lachachamim. Giving wisdom to wise people. Should have been to the fools, not to the wise people. They already have. Give something to the empty mind, no? No. You make efforts to gain wisdom, you gain some wisdom, you got 10%, I'll give you the other 90. It's worth it for me. Why? You show me that it's precious for you. Right? If, I have a, if I have something that it's a lot, I have a lot, and I see someone is really dying to get some of it, then I have great pleasure giving him some of mine. Because I see how much he appreciates it. When you see he's appreciating it, so you want to give him. But if I see someone, you put someone on the table, you take it and throw it. Look at the little kids. One, you give, you appreciate it so much. He, he watch it, and now you give him another two, three, he's even much happier. But the other one, throw it, doesn't care, he doesn't come to take. So what's the point of giving him? He doesn't want wisdom. He's in his, with his movies and nonsense and sport all day and other bad things. So well, what's the point of giving him? Come, show me you care. I'll help you out. It's, it's, it's like this in everything in life. If you have two friends that are looking for an apartment, and you have an apartment you found, 
how would you know who to offer it to? You're checking who is more anxious, who is dying to, who is calling all day, who is running on the street, who is going, who is checking in the newspaper, where can I find, who is more anxious to move. Yeah, no, it takes his time. So automatically you would offer it to the one that understands that it's urgent to move. Not the one who doesn't care about it, right? Because you can only offer one of them, and that's what it is. And this is what Chazal say in the Gemara in Masechet Brachot, page 33. The Gemara says like this. Someone who doesn't have wisdom, we are not allowed to have mercy on him. You understand what we're saying here? Someone who de didn't learn anything, he's not wise, he doesn't work on his problem, he stayed dumb for the rest of his life, his mind is blocked, he doesn't care, he doesn't try to improve his, his learning skills or anything like that, automatically he's gonna make tons of mistakes in his life. So what, every time he makes a mistake, I'm gonna have to run and save him and clean the garbage behind him? Forever? No, my friend. You don't wanna take care of yourself, you don't wanna learn, you don't want to get up in the morning? You don't want to open your eyes and see a situation? There's no, no reason to have mercy on you. No mercy. Why should I have mercy on you? If someone in Israel go and borrow money from the mafia in a black market because they want to buy a fancy sport car, and now the mafia wants to destroy them and run after them to kill them, I have to have mercy on him, on this fool? Now I'm going to have to run and collect money for him that he can pay for his stupid sport car because he wants to live like a goy. This is what the Torah says, to be full, to, to have mercy on all these people. It's better I help someone who did everything he can to send his kids to yeshiva and he cannot afford and I give it to some fool who doesn't want to do anything with his life. All he wants is to do sins and to make mistakes. This is what he's talking here about. This is here. I'm not making it up. It's in the Gemara in page 33, Brachot. כל מי שאין בו דעה, אסור לרחם עליו. You're not allowed. It doesn't say you don't have to. Not, you don't have to have mercy on him. אסור! Not allowed to have mercy on him. Scary. You said that, you know, being ignorant. Somebody doesn't know. Ignorance is, has, you have no knowledge in specific things. I meant really dumb. A person that is dumb can get out of his dumbness if he's going to take some actions. But if he lives very comfortable being dumb, not educating himself, not doing anything, why should we have mercy on him? If a person repeats the same mistake five times, five times you save him and he continues to do it, like drinking and driving. He goes on a place, he drinks, he gets caught, he puts in jail, you have to come with $1,000, release him on bail, Two weeks later, it happens again. Yeah. Five weeks later, it happens again. Four weeks later, it happens again. There's a limit to how much you can have mercy on this fool, no? So a smart person will tell him, my friend, twice we got you out, stay a week in jail. That's where you belong. That's the right thing. It's not cruel, not being cruel. It's, I'm talking a father to his son. Stay, stay over there a week. It will give you enough time to think about your stupidity. What is the point of running having mercy on him? Of course, you know, not always we can control the heart. You can still feel horrible for your son. He's getting into trouble. Of course, it's natural. 
But over here we say, when they say he's not allowed to have mercy on him, means don't kill yourself, run and clean his dirt all the time. You understand? And this is what the Gemara says, The rule is like this, if I don't take care of myself, nobody will do the job for me, nobody. You gotta take care of your own soul. If not, that's it. You are finished. Someone who wants to supervise himself, we are going now without realizing to chapter 3. Without realizing, we're already in chapter 3. How many chapters we have here? 26, like the name of Hashem. Okay, so we're already by 3. Here is a person who wants to supervise himself. He needs to have two ways. Two views on life. One, what is the ultimate good that the person has to choose? And what's the bad way, of course, to run away from? Two directions, good and bad. To define first, this is good, this is bad. Sometimes it's gray area. You have to know. You have to think about everything that comes in your ways in life and to, to move it to the right side. Without making mistakes, some people take the worst thing in life and put it in their good side and follow it. No. First to define between good and bad. And what's the second view in life? Is when you finally do it, before you do it, while you're doing it, and after you're doing it, don't ever do something without carefully weighing it on the scale. Because not on, it's one thing that to do it, but sometimes the timing change everything. Depend where to do it. Depend how many times, when, how, there's certain things that can affect. Sometimes mitzvah to give someone money. Sometimes it's a sin to give this person money. It's depend on what's around it. It's not the actual act. To give, usually it's good, not always. You have to check. You have to use your mind, not automatically to do. For instance, if you're Rosh Yeshiva and you pay salary to your people and you see that one of them is not serious, instead of being there after davening, I don't know, nine in the morning, after breakfast, everything, ready to learn, he showed up 10.30. Once you call him to your office, you ask him what's going on, twice, fine. But then if you see it happens a lot, you cut from his salary. Not because you hate him, not revenge. It's not, uh, we're not talking revenge here. What are you doing? Try to help him to overcome his evil inclination. So a week ago, it was very, good, very positive to give him the money. It was good that week. So you should, you should make him see, I'm watching you all the time. Oh, that's gonna help him not to repeat the same mistake. But if he doesn't come to learn, like sometimes I tell people in the yeshiva, you want to get an increase, no problem. Come an hour earlier, learn an extra hour. I'll find a sponsor to give you more money for the extra hour, just for that 30 extra hours a month. We'll have somebody who'll pay you money for that, will be your partner on the mitzvah. If you finally give him something, at least get him to do more for his own good. This is what I'm talking about. We're not talking about you working in a grocery store so your boss gaining and you lose everything, you gain nothing. We're talking for your own good. Who's the beneficiary here? If you're gonna learn an extra Torah. You and the person who sponsor you. But first, you. You have more Torah now, more knowledge, better behaving. 
and many other things. So it says like this. While he's doing it, continue to wait to see if it's the right thing. And even after, to review it. Did I do good? Can I fix what I did? Can I make it better? All kinds of things. And it says like, the, what is the good that I have to run after and always improve myself in it? And if you find that he has bad in it, he has to think about a way, a creative, clever way to get rid of this bad. You see that it's constantly falling into this trap. For instance, he cannot get up in the morning. So when a person tries to get up in the morning to come to davening, and he says that no matter what, the alarm goes on, somehow he press snooze 20 times and he finds himself already 9 o'clock in the morning still snoring. And it's two hours after the, the ring started, he continued to roll in bed, he's very lazy, summer, winter, he always has excuses, Rabbi, it's 20 below zero, thinking about coming out now in the wind, going all the way to the shul. Ah, you know what it is, the bed is so warm and sweet, I love this pillow, it's soft, you know. <laughs> he has a whole thing in his head. You know, so what's the point? If a person sees that it's such a loser, such a loser, what does he do? He has to be creative. You're learning with someone in the morning, make sure that that someone comes to pick you up with a car. You be embarrassed, he's waiting downstairs. You're making him wait, then he has to come, ring the intercom. The fear of the embarrassment from him makes you get up, right? That's one way. Second way, I give you, another, I can show you how, how creative you can be. You make a rule with the rabbi, rabbi, for every day I come a minute late. For every minute I'm late, I'm losing a dollar. I'm five minutes late, five dollars today. Ten minutes late, ten dollars. Half an hour late, thirty dollars I put in the yeshiva in front of you every morning. Probably won't be late ever. Well, when he opens up his eyes, wow, six in the morning, seven in the morning. Ah, the bed is warm. Oh, wait a minute, it's gonna cost me a hundred bucks. Right away he gets up. Just like catching a flight. Catching a flight, you have a choice? You get up, you come to the sink like this. Why? No choice. Get yourself, some clever people, what do they do? Put the tefillin in the shul. And they know that after nine o'clock they lack the shul. So now, not to put tefillin, I'm not that crazy, you know, to lose the covenant between me and God, to become a criminal. Ah, come on, there's a limit. Not such a wicked person. I'm just lazy. So what's the solution? When I get up in the morning, seven o'clock, doot, 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 open up his eyes. Ah, let me get another half an hour. There's another minion somewhere there. But then he remembers, wait a minute, the tefillin is in the shul. Oh, no. Gets up. Once he's up, five minutes later, he's a lion. Yeah, he drank a little his black coffee. That's it. He's not tired anymore. It's only two, three minutes, the suffering. Once you're up, you're up. You put some cold water, you are a new person. So it's all about two, three minutes efforts, and the entire day look different. You got up, or you know, this is an example. So Ramchal writes, Tachbulot, tricks, trick yourself, force yourself, penalize yourself to run away from the bad and purify yourself. This is what Chazal say in Masechet Eruvin, page 13. Noach lo la'adam shelo nivra yoter mishenivra. It would be better off, more comfortable, not better off, more comfortable for the person not to be created. So much hard work in his life 
will be comfortable not to be created, not to put all these efforts and these. But now you are created. That's it. You, that's it. you are here now. What can you do? Grab as much as you can. Now when you are created, check very carefully what you do and how you do. And some say, which means, Pishpush, the Ramchal say, is to investigate and view everything you're about to do. What you're supposed to do, what you're not allowed to do. How you, what's considering following Hashem and what's considering going away from Him. Right? And of course, behave accordingly. What's Mishmush, the Mashmesh? Even when you finally did something good, you have it in your account, you can still check it, maybe I'll improve it next time. Things that you did already, you gain. Maybe I can do it better. So it says like this. I see a need for the person to set up time and hours and to be persistent. That's very important. Some people get up most of the time, but they're not persistent. Some people are good at work, but they're not persistent. Some people give it charity, it's DACA. Once in a while they wake up, they give a nice amount of donation and that's it, and go back to hibernate for another few. No, you have to be persistent every week, every two weeks, every month, every day, depend. You set up a system and you gotta be persistent. Persistence is very important. Not going up, 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 down, up, 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 down. You're not achieving a lot. To be persistent, you gotta be serious and you have to understand that you have no permission to, to go two steps up and then to go down and then to go three up and then to go two down. Chaval, it's a waste. The more persistent you are and you pursue and you continue, then you build yourself, it's like a snowball, higher, higher, higher. Same thing when you heat up water in a pot. If you're persistent, if it's on the fire 10 minutes, it boils. If it's three minutes, take it a minute. Put it two minutes, taking it half a minute. Putting it five minutes, taking it two minutes. It's not boiling. Something is not right here. So it's better just to give a little bit persistently than to give one lump sum at one time? It's better to do more small amounts a lot than one time. One, because it's, it's educate you and train you to be a giver. You understand? So you set up a system. So you give every month, every, every two weeks, every week. You understand? So I tell you, this is a good question because it's a famous question. But some say it's like this, some say it's like this. Some say when you give one big amount in one shot, it pains, it hurts. The reward for that pain is huge. But when you break that big amount to many small amounts, there's never pain. You don't really sacrifice anything. In the end, you give the same amount, but over here it's so painful because you give it in one shot, you write a check, big check. The pain that goes away for hours or perhaps for days, wow, how did I give so much? That pain gets you the huge reward. Rather than giving five, 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 ten, 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 you never feel the pain. You understand? So remember, in charity, 
It's not only the, the actual giving is what came out of from your money. So one way or the other, it doesn't really matter. But if you give every person a dollar, 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 what can they do with a dollar? Rather, you give one person a hundred dollars, he'll learn three days Torah with his money. Like a single guy. He supported himself a week even. Right, whatever he needs, toothpaste, toothbrush, soap, shampoo, uh, t-shirt, underwear, uh, you know, whatever he, whatever he needs for every day. For instance, I'll give you an example. If a person wants to sponsor a guy that learns Torah, two single guys in yeshiva, both of them learning very good, how would he know who to give it to and who not? First, he has to check. Here, this is an example how you review before you do. Who is more poor? Who is more poor? Oh, you ask around. Who is more of a need? This guy's father sends him money. This guy, nobody sends him anything. Oh. Let's go for this guy. Let's say both of them in a need. One of them smoking, one of them do not smoke. Who do you want to give to? The non-smoker. The one you're going to give will burn all of it on his desires, on a stupid cigarette. And plus, cigarettes is the biggest yetzer alive, because every 20 minutes, half an hour, he puts his coat on, goes out in the middle of learning, stands like this on the street, and then comes back, and it's not is not in a role of learning for many hours because he has this desire that he needs to go out, in and out, in and out. Better give it to someone that he's using the money, buying another book, doing things that are really for the need for the Torah. Cigarette has nothing to do with the Torah. But this is just an example of how you count all the little details and you come to the right conclusion. Then, I always say, uh, I always say there's a guy in, uh, in Brooklyn who volunteers to make CD he doesn't make that many CDs, but the amount that he makes, he makes it 100% profit-free, just covering the cost of the CDs and all the work he does for free, the printing, the putting it in the envelope, packing it, everything he does for free, that's his donation to the Jewish nation. So, so he, I told him he was doing for different, all kinds of different speakers. So I told him, listen, if you're already putting so much time and you're putting some of the money and you want to do something good, do not make just CDs. Make only productive CDs. Choose the speakers that rock and shake the heart of the people to make tshuva. Not someone who talks about high and die and everyone listen to it and smile and in the end they go back to Christine. That's not productive. Find a killer lecture that shake the heart of the people to do tshuva. At least you're saving souls. What are you? Somebody tell you a story and that's it. Well, what's the point of it? Just that people would hear beautiful things? The idea is people would hear it and say, wow, I better be changing before it's too late for me. Oh, this city like this is good for you to invest. You know what? Sometimes it's not even a Torah lecture. You can get something that people hear a conversation between two people and wake them up to make tshuva or they hear about the tragedy that happened or something, sometimes it can be more productive than the entire lecture. Why? Because the idea is no matter what, to make the people in the end become Shomer Shabbat and eat kosher. And if you, if you know that that particular speaker will not do it, don't invest a penny in him. Even though he's righteous and he's holy and everything is fine, we don't have unlimited money. So the little money that we have, 
we must take advantage on it to make people religious. And if you know the speaker speaks beautiful, but nobody becomes Shomer Shabbat, don't invest a penny by him. Nothing. Just because he has great reputation, he's a brilliant speaker who knows the whole Torah by heart, doesn't matter, can be Gdolador. People become religious from his lectures, yes or no? You saw in your eyes many? Give him money, invest all your money by him. Nobody become, so what? He's funny, he's beautiful, he sells beautiful jokes, and he has a lot of knowledge. It's not productive, like the Chafetz Chaim say, I told you once, the Chafetz Chaim made a convention. And he said to all the people that, he said to them, it used to be that everyone spoke about hell and heaven, heaven and hell, reward and punishment, that's what the, all the lectures in Europe used to be. And the Chafetz Chaim, a hundred years ago, he said to them, now speakers do not talk like this anymore. So I called every one of you to encourage you to go back to the old way. Because people who just give beautiful lectures, not only they're not productive, not only they're not helping the Jewish nation, they're hurting the Jewish nation. So not helping the Jewish nation, I understand, because people hear it and nobody becomes religious. But why hurting? Not, not helping, it's easy to understand. It's difficult to understand why the Chafetz Chaim said that they're damaging the Jewish nation. Why? He gives a beautiful shiur about Parashat HaShavua, about Avraham, about certain things. He's damaging the Jewish nation? How can it be? So the words of the Chafetz Chaim is in convention. You know why? Because when you have wicked people sit in front of you, and you didn't find the time to hit them with a big one-ton hammer on their head to shake them and to wake them up, that they understand how critical is their situation. You did not do it. You know what happened? They came to the lecture with a stiff heart, stiff neck, and they went out of the lecture with stiffer heart and stiffer neck. I was sitting in front of this rabbi for an hour and a half. Didn't tell me anything about my earring. Didn't tell me anything about my ponytail. He didn't tell me anything about my girlfriend, Christine, that was sitting next to me in a lecture. He didn't talk to me about my situation. I came and asked him a question, not one thing. He didn't tell me about me not keeping Shabbat. That means it's not so bad. <laughs> Look at this rabbi talking to me for 20 minutes and didn't tell me anything about my way. That's, where, that's the danger here. I remember one time a person told me that he was sitting next to a very famous rabbi who's a brilliant speaker. And that rabbi make a lot of people religious in Israel. And he told me I was in a Sheva Brachot, Shabbos. I sat right next to him. And the entire, the entire meal that he was sitting next to me did not tell me one thing. And you telling me this and this and this, non-stop. So I saw it to myself, wow. Look how, it, look how exactly it works, what the Hafiz Chaim says. What? Because he was sitting next to that speaker, and that speaker did not find the time to tell him anything the entire two, three hours he was sitting next to him in a table about him being half secular. He's keeping Shabbat, that person. But everything else about him needs an improvement. So he's, he, he already came to the conclusion, if he did not tell me anything, that means I'm good. You understand how people think? That's very dangerous. So it says like this. The Chachamim says like this, Al ken yomru ha-moshlim bo'u cheshbon. 
someone has to be, a person has to be a controller over his evil inclination. Not that the evil inclination will control and maneuver you. You have to be his boss. Alken yomru amoshlim beitzram. The Gemara in Masechet Baba Batra, page 78, the Gemara says, those who control their desires, their evil inclination. Let's go and calculate the loss of this life, the world. The loss of, of, of a mitzvah as opposed to the gain, to the reward. I just did a mitzvah, it took me an hour. How much I lost? $5 cost. $10 that I was making in my job that I had to go out of work, so I'm in it, $15. What is the gain? Eternity full of pleasures. Would he care about the $15? When a person sees what he's gaining, he doesn't really care about how much he invested. You know, this company investing fortune in advertisement, like Super Bowl, half a million dollars for 10 seconds. Million dollar for one minute. And everybody thinks, oh, they're crazy. They have nothing to do with their money. They're investing so much money, you think they're full. The top brains in advertisement and in business sitting in these companies. Every penny they put is after 5,000 times, they calculate from all directions. Survey, questionnaires, this. How many people would watch the rating? How does it influence the people? How it influenced the white people? How it influenced the black people? How it influenced men, women, children, pink color, blue color? Thousands of details into that commercial until it comes 10, 15 seconds. What is it in the end? What's happening in the end? They're investing fortune. Why? If they wouldn't make a hundred times more, you think they invest a million dollars? It brings them a lot more. One time a person told me that every time they put a commercial for beer in a sport game, millions of bottles of beer from that company are opened in America. In the middle, when they see the picture, oh, it reminds them, they go, they open a beer, they drink, What happened the next day? That millions of bottles of beer has to be bought again, right? To fill up the fridge. So that second that they bought, they sold a million bottles, five million bottles, extra 10 million bottles right there. That's besides of what they're going to be next week, next tomorrow, so people who didn't know about them, now they know about them. This is what it is. It's all about what does it cost me. That's why I always tell people the greatest investment of our day is the CDs. No better investment than this. Nothing, no synagogues, no yeshivot, no kosher, no poor family, no sick people, nothing comes even to that, 1% close to that, nothing. Why? One dollar investment, 25 hours of Torah lectures, one after the other one, killer lectures. If the first one didn't make him religious, the second will. The second no, the third, the fourth. After 20 lectures he heard one after the other, he got everything a person needs. He did not become, probably will never become. Maybe a tragedy will make him religious, but explanation, one, 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 ten dollars, one bal tshuva. One, 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 seven dollars, another bal tshuva. <laughs> Such a profit. I repeated it 5,000 times already. Ay, 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 ay. Now, The Ramchal, I'm reading it now from the Ramchal. How much I lose doing the mitzvah compared to how much I gain when I finish it. Right? 
And this is the right advice, the Ramchal say. This is the right advice. And לא יוכלו לתת אותה ולא לראות עמיתה אלא אותם שכבר יצאו. And only people, listen what he say, only people who control their Yetzer Ara will be able to see the right picture. How little I invest and how much I gain. Tons. Huge profit. People who the Yetzer Ara control them will always see the opposite picture. Remember. Now you understand why it's so difficult to get, to get donations for Kiruv, for making Baalei Tshuva. Why? Because the Yetzer Ara control the person. It, it twists the truth. Yeah, why are you giving? You fool. You're wasting your money. That's how we show it to the person. But someone who overcomes his Yetzer Ara, he sees the picture right away. He runs after that because it's a great investment. But most people can be your best friend and won't give a penny for it. Why? Because the Yetzer Ara show him it's 100% money lost. But when he invests money in his stupid things, in a casino, for instance, the Yetzer Ara doesn't show him that he burns $20,000. It was fun. Said, you watch some naked waitresses, they give you some whiskey on the, on the house. He's thinking about the $20 that they gave him, the casino. And they gave him a free room, the fool. He has a big mansion here in, uh, in Great Neck. He's thinking about the beautiful suite they gave him. Well, you, the Satan is focusing on the free meal, the free limo that they send him. You, st you, you fool, you lost $50,000. You worry about the 10 or, or $15 that they gave you over there, or $100, whatever they offered you, all kinds of coupons. This is how these people think. He went. He burned $20,000. What makes him feel not so bad? Ah, I got a room. I got two free meals. I got a limo. People saw me in a limo. I, you know, I made some scenes with the goyote over there. No, so I lost 30000 It was worth it. He gave $30 to CDs. He cried for two weeks. How can it be? Think here. This, this is, I'm reading it from the Ramchal. Page 15 in the Mesilat Yesharim. Page 15. The Satan, the Yetzer Ara, making him blind. He's walking in the darkness. There's traps in front of him, but he cannot see it. Because this world is complete darkness. And if you see deeply inside, there are two kinds of mistakes that the eye of a person can make. Sometimes there's a way to cover the eye that you cannot see, but sometimes it shows you something, you see it, but it looks the opposite of what it is. You understand what's more dangerous? That someone black your eyes and you cannot see anything? Or that you see now black become white and white becomes black? He will, Ramchal, word by word. He see a pole, he thinks he's a person. He see a person, he thinks he's a pole. He see Gashmiut, materialism, he translated to spirituality. He think, what a tzaddik I am. I invest in beautiful suit. All the people who burn their money on materialism, they have a spiritual answer for it. I heard it hundreds of times. Why do you need a 50,000 square feet house? Ah, Rabbi, I want to be able to bring guests, Shabbatonim in my house. Ask him in the last 10 years how many Shabbatonim in his house, maybe one. 
Then you ask him, why do you need a $10,000 suit? Ma, Rabbi, Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem. You know, that the people would say that the religious people are not less than them. What, who do they think they are? We also have good taste. We also have money. The problem is that 99.999% of the people in the world cannot tell the difference between a $200 suit to a $10,000 suit. One out of a thousand can tell. That's a person that is really, really desperate, is into the, into the fake life so deep that he can tell. But normal people cannot see. So this is the way the Satan is. This is the Satan always make you spend money on nonsense. And in the end, what does it say? He went to Hawaii, half a million dollar vacation, the family. When he comes back, why? Ah, Rabbi, I need to rest that I'll be able to focus. Like this, I make money. I'll give more tzedakah. This vacation, you know, it's like re recharging my batteries. And if you make a vacation $5,000, it won't be good. What, the food is not uh, the best chef from Paris? That they put a little thing in the middle of an empty big plate. <laughs> they put a little dot there, $300. This is it? It's all baloney. But this is what he's talking about. Not only that they don't, it's not that they don't see anything. What good they see bad, what bad they see good. You're laughing at them, we're nothing better than them. Maybe they are so miserable, they're very deep in the darkness, but I'm talking each one of us. How many times a person had two mitzvot to do and he always chose the mitzvah that is one millionth of the other in the importance? One millionth. No? How many times? Here, he has a, a one-and-a-half-hour Torah Musar like this, Ramchal, to come and wake up, and his friend has a stupid birthday party. What does he choose? Always the birthday party. No? So, isn't it the same what we're talking here about? Birthday party, or he has to wash his car? Rabbi, I have to help my father to wash his car. Help him tomorrow afternoon. Help him Friday, four hours before Shabbos. You'll be off. You'll find the time to do it. The night that there's no shiur. Oh, Rabbi, is a great game. <laughs> game. What do you care about the game now? The shiur Torah. You're leaving Hashem for these few, few people that jump like monkeys? What is this? This is what you're replacing Hashem with? That's one. Number two, Number two, of course, is worse. And also, spirituality and materialism, everything looks the other way around for him. Right? And one, he does not let, the evil inclination does not let the person see the obstacle he has on his way, which is a way of life. And he fall into the traps and doesn't know what to do. Right? Derech reshaim afela, King Solomon wrote in Mishlech 4. Derech reshaim ka'afela lo yadu bamei kashelu. The wicked people goes in a path that is completely dark. They don't even know what are they failing in. They don't even know. It's like a person who got a ticket and one kid grab it from his windshield. He doesn't know he got a ticket. It's $110 now on his window, and he fell some in the mud. Kid play with that. 
Then it became $500 penalty, and then one day they tow his car, he lost $1,000. Why he lost $1,000? Because he didn't know about the 100. So a person walks sometimes and makes such big sins in his life that will make him now more and more losses. He's not even aware of it. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. Arum, Arum Ra'arav and Istar. A clever person, not Arum. Arum is naked. Arum means like a fox, sneaky, sneaky, clever. A clever person saw the bed and ran away and hide from it, hid from it. But the naive people went through it and paid the price, got caught. And also King Solomon, it's all from King Solomon, Mishlei. Uchsil mit'aber veboteach. Kilibam bari laem keulam. A fool, a person that doesn't think, is confident. He's, he thinks, I'm healthy, I'm great. Venoflim terem yeduma michshol ktsad. They're not even aware of their sickness, and in one second they collapse and it's over. You know, sometimes a person has a sickness, and he doesn't know. Boom, all of a sudden he collapsed, and in the hospital, the minute before he died, they tell his family he had a brain tumor. He didn't know. He had migraines. So he took some Advil. It seems to help a little bit. Then he has more migraines, more, more, more. Then the, the Advil doesn't work anymore. He bangs his head to the wall, but he's stubborn. He doesn't go to check. Then all of a sudden, he loses his conscience, take him to the hospital, they open, they make some x-ray, this, that. There's no brain, it's all one big tumor, and he died. You know how many times I heard stories like this? This is what King Solomon is speaking about, but spiritual tumor. It's growing, 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 growing the growth, boom, then you're dead, my friend, you're finished, your soul is finished. The second mistake is bigger than the first, that it shows the bad like it's great. Mitzvah, Rabbi, why you punch the guy? Mitzvah, I taught him a lesson. <laughs> so not only they do not change their evil ways, they become stronger and devoted in the evil way because they're really convinced that it's the right thing. For instance, support the reform shul. He thinks it's a mitzvah. So this millionaire, every few months, send them half a million, quarter million, million. He thinks it's a mitzvah. He's focusing, let me send them more. Doesn't understand that he's gonna get punished for every dollar he sends them big time for all the sins that they do, all these wicked people. You know? So he thinks it's a mitzvah, and in reality he gains a lot of sins. <laughs> it's so miserable to pay so much and think you do a mitzvah, and in the end you get punished for every dollar you give. Did you ever think about such a thing? How many of you think that maybe some of the donations you gave, you're going to get punished big time for it? Huh? How many? Not only they cannot see the truth and the bed in front of them, the trap, they find support to support themselves, to prove that their way and their false opinions, it's a mitzvah. The world is full of people like this. This was written 250 years ago by the greatest Kabbalist, one of the top three ever lived. And this is the bad, big, bad 
that cover a person and bring them into Be'er Shachat. Be'er Shachat is hell, Gehenom. And this is what Prophet Isaiah, Prophet Yeshaya says in chapter 6. We're about to finish chapter 3 here, which is very good for us. The Prophet Yeshaya says in, in chapter 6, verse 10, Make the heart of this nation fat, fatter. Like you know what they do with the goose? They take the goose, you know the goose, the, the goose, the bird. Yeah, they force feed, they have a pipe. They put it inside the beak, they close the beak. That's it, you cannot. And they begin to inject food, tons of food, and they, they swallow it because now they choke. So they swallow, swallow. It's supposed to be little, they become like this. Why? It makes the liver, instead of one pound, seven pounds. Seven times more profit. They torture the animals. Many of them die. They choke from it. And they put them, tons of them, in a little box. It's horrible. If you see it, you cry for them, how they suffer. And then, of course, they slaughter them. And goose liver, perhaps, is the most delicious food in the world. It's like barbecue, but you don't have to chew on the meat. It melts in your mouth. It's like eating marshmallow, flavor like a steak, or I don't know what. In Israel, they sell it. But you know, if a person sees such a thing and continue to eat goose liver, what kind of heart this person has? If nobody would buy that, what would happen to all these miserable people who are torturing the animals? What would happen to all these wicked people? They won't, they won't do it because nobody buys. Us, by buying from them, is really helping them to continue to torture these animals, this goose. But here, it says like this. It says like this. Hashmen make the heart of this nation fat and make their ears black and their eyes cannot see. This is it, this is the warning. They are under the darkness, under control of their evil inclination who control them totally. But those who came out of this jail, who is in jail? The ones who say this, I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed, or someone who say everything I'm allowed, I'm free. Allowed, allowed, allowed. Who is really in jail? The one who's allowed. The one who has restrictions or the one who's free to do whatever he wants? Free. The one who's free is the most miserable one. No discipline, nothing. Everything is allowed and is destroyed. Someone who knows allowed, not allowed. Today allowed, tomorrow not allowed. Life has a plan, has a system. Allowed, not allowed. I have a boss. I control my desires. When, I, when I'm not allowed, I don't touch. I control my desire, not that my desire control me. It's a big thing, if you see in life. If people, would not, if people would be able to control their desire, you would not have one fat person in the world. <laughs> Why almost every man has a belly like this? Huh? Why? can control everything you see. 
seven different layers of food on the table. Amevin <laughs> Yavin. So it says like this. Ay, 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 ay. Someone who came out of the control of his evil inclination, he is capable of warning the other people. But someone who himself is in the wrong way, how can he teach the other people? Someone who came out, he can stand on top and warn people, be careful, be careful here, be careful there. Someone who himself is falling there, he cannot. But someone who controls his desire, they came out of the wrong path. They see from the top which way is leading to where. They can give advice, and those are the ones who we should listen to. Bottom line, all the righteous rabbi who passed from the world, righteous. They achieve the goal. They reach perfect righteousness. They are the ones we should learn from them. Not the athlete or the movie star or the prime ministers. They fail in their life. Nobody check when you come to Olam about how much money you have in your bank account. Of course they check to see how much you didn't give for tzedakah. Of course, they have to you know, penalize you for that. You have to get punished. But nobody gives you credit that you left a lot of money in your bank. The opposite. If you die with too much money in your bank account, that means something is wrong. You did not give the money out to the right causes. So it says like this. Let's calculate the calculation of life. Those who knew and saw that this is the only way to the good and did it, they are the one who should give us the advice. And this is the law of the Torah that a person should follow. And then it will be much easier to purify himself from all bad. And we finish with the last verse for tonight. Pales ma'agal raglecha bechol drachecha. Let's investigate our ways. Let's check and investigate our ways and return to God. Next week, Bezrat Hashem, we're talking about being careful. Being careful and being fast. When it comes to the right mission, not lazy and laid back. Fast, active, gaining as much as we can profit. Baruch Adonai Amen.